welcome to this uh, nice, fancy Discord room. Yeah. Oh, it's been very migrated. Yeah. yeah. This is nice. You, you, you guys sound a lot cleaner. Unless yeah, you give we, us a brand deal. We went from the the <laughs> gas station in the middle of nowhere uh, outhouse bathroom to the penthouse at the top of the Hilton. I, I was really expecting, quote, making a Discord server, quote, to be a much more complicated process than just pressing the plus button at the bottom of the screen and typing in a stupid name. That's it. Yeah. Right. Because fucking Discord is the best. We're not sponsored. I just love them. Yeah. And and it makes so much sense for the world to be like, oh, Skype got bad this week. And then everyone switched to Discord in like a week. And yeah. yeah, it's like, oh, competition works. But you know what? This makes me wonder. Like, like, so, OK, when you make a Discord server, you just press a button and it happens. You don't have to pay a fee. There aren't any ads on here anywhere. How does Discord make money? Well, actually, recently they launched Discord Nitro, uh-huh. uh, which is a paid monthly thing that you can just opt into. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't remember all of the benefits. I do remember that your file upload size goes from eight megabytes to 50. So if you want to upload massive GIFs or, you know, whatever, um, you can also use any of the custom emotes in any servers that you're in, in any server. So usually the custom emotes are like, they're relegated to that server, but you can just use any that you have anywhere. Um, and there's a few other things. And it's five dollars a month. I think it's five dollars a month. I think they also have like a yearly, uh, like you could pay for the entire year and it's cheaper or something like that. But, I wonder um, how long they're going to keep that up. Because uh, like it's it seems too good to be true to be honest. Like it, like no ads. No, no, no server fee, whatever. They call it a server, but it doesn't even feel like I made a server. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good. Discord is good. If you don't use Discord, I recommend it. It's branded for gaming, but honestly, I use it for I have just like friend chats that are just groups of friends. And we just hang out in Discord. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a good um, chat room client, a good VoIP client. Yeah, I, I honestly don't know why anybody would use like TeamSpeak or Ventrilo, like in this day and age, because Discord is just better. Discord has integration with games. You can have a Discord overlay on your games. So, speaking of games, <laughs> oh, hey, uh, the segues. Uh, it's what I you don't come here for. Think the Discord overlay works in For Honor? I, I mean, I, I think they have to tool it to work with certain things i'm sure right, it works on right. most steam games but like it, for honor is you play it, it doesn't is work it? with cg either i have a feeling there's a lot of technology shared between the two of them because uh for honor is surprisingly taking a lot of a lot of cues from siege i played about an hour of the open beta earlier today today is mm-hmm. when it launched so i hope to hop back in on, on saturday when i get some free time again and really binge into it because i liked that hour i played like uh it's that good to hear. that game has a pretty um i i, I don't want to like call it an, an intuitive or creative or innovative take on melee combat so much as it's just um a a a a triple a overproduced quality version of uh kind of jiggling your mouse in a certain direction and mountain blade Mm-hmm. you get uh icons popping up telling you where you need to be jiggling your mouse you get really flashy animations 
and yeah. uh, also the balance of uh, of the combat is really really different from what I've gotten myself used to in the world of Japanese Souls clones. It's it's interesting mm. to see uh, Western <laughs> Renaissance martial art nerds uh, try try a similar concept with their own flavor because uh, you have a role in this game and it's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like they're just for the courtesy of it. Like, like you press the button and like half a year later, your guy finally finishes rolling because <laughs> the developers uh, are back there snickering. They're like, why would you want to roll when you have like 300 pounds of armor, armor. attached to you yeah. and you're in the middle of a fight? You're just going to get dizzy. Look, I would challenge anybody, even without the 300 pounds of armor, try and roll holding a full size claymore. <laughs> you you like, might choke just- yourself. Just, just a you know a a wooden stick that is about four and a half feet long. But just try and roll what, with what, that. What, what just roll just without anything? Just roll it all. Just, just try and roll and get back and without get oriented. It's open. fucking hard. I mean, I took gymnastics, so it's not that hard for me. But with a with oh. a big sword, yes, difficult. <laughs> I roll with a big sword every day. <laughs> So, Jesus so, Christ! Like, I mean, well done. Just good job. Just like uh, just like golf clap. The Witcher Three, but The Witcher Three didn't have super good combat, and I think For Honor might. It depends uh, uh, how much I get into it and how players adapt to it. But like in The Witcher Three, you have two different kinds of dodges. You have the roll that's useless garbage that you'll never use, and you also have the the quick sidestep when you're when you're Z targeted onto a guy. And uh, which I, is I don't what know, like, actual warriors probably do is quick, quick step sidesteps. Yeah, they, they also hold a sword with their gloved hands on the blade, which which what we learned at Momocon, me and Matt. And it's so, yeah, I think this is the first time I've ever seen that in a game. Yeah. And I just like I have a feeling that the uh, either the consultants or the game designers on this game are the hugest dorks in the universe because <laughs> you never see uh melee combat depicted this dorkily oh geez the opening story cutscene is so wacky too remember when it, you first it's... launched the game and a giant fissure opens up in, in earth on in the middle of some castle yeah. and like people from different historical periods just spew out of the crack and start <laughs> it fighting. really makes no sense <laughs> Like I like I was watching I the developer it. like talk about it, and I was like, what you, like he's so excited about this story, and it literally makes no sense. I was like, oh, I was like, okay, I mean, as long as the game's good, I guess you know, like whatever. It's it's basically Super Smash Brothers with real life <laughs> historical warrior types. You got. You got pirates and knights and samurai who all existed like a thousand years apart from each other. You mean Vikings? Yeah, well, geez, sorry. Did I say pirates? Yeah, you got me very excited <laughs> of something I haven't heard about, and I was like, pirates, hang on. Vikings, and knights too? Uh, just, just Vikings, not not oh. traditional pirates, not like Ark. Because there's a source mod called uh, Pirates, Vikings, and Knights that was really fun. It reminds me a lot of this setup, but there's no mm. pirates in For Honor uh but but did you play with a controller or a mouse and keyboard i played with the mouse and keyboard i have a feeling i'm gonna want to switch later but it it works pretty okay you uh 
You do those combos? Very, very slightly jiggle your mouse to uh, <laughs> input a new direction for guarding. And instead of having to fiddle with any movement keys or whatnot, they've they've set up a mouse input method for it that's really fast and responsive, nice and organized. So you didn't do the combos then? I don't know. I mean, I, whenever I was in a one-on-one with a guy, I would just kind of like try to mash in whatever direction he's guarding. Oh. Whenever I was up against multiple guys, I would just mash. Oh, so you you haven't run into the guys who do the the crazy backflips, you know, on your neck or anything like that, and you're dead. You ever uh, run into those guys? Yet? I, I don't know. I mean, there was maybe the assassins. If if you're locking onto someone, it's still supposed to give you like a preview of what uh, what button or direction you need to press to block it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, I mean, they'll roll up on you like straight up. If you're not if you're not looking looking in their direction. They'll, they'll roll up you and shank you straight up like you in prison right <laughs> like no doubt like it's happened to me they they're waiting they are waiting and um especially with a whole team of of assassins or uh, i guess you could light-footed mobile guys um, yeah yeah but the some- idea is that they're not good in in front line like face front facing combat i mean yeah mm. uh, one, one thing i want to figure out and, and what i feel like will really uh uh kind of kind of draw the line between what sort of uh lasting power this combat system has is how elegant it adapts to multi-person fights because the one-on-ones are are beautiful they're they're just like gorgeous to watch and gorgeous to play but when when you're up against two people it it really feels like like you're not supposed to be there's since since this is melee combat you can stun lock one guy if you have a friend with you and they can do the same to you and i've I was talking about this on Twitter. Some people have replied to me that it is possible to to take on multiple enemies. You just gotta basically keep switching. Get, get, good. get good. Yeah, yeah. Switch switch targets within every single swipe coming from yeah. the both of them, and you yeah. might be able to sneak in a few critical blows that can then lean it back towards your favor. Which sounds really cool. But on the whole, another aspect of it, I kind of like the idea of of what a security blanket another teammate is with you. I feel like that encourages uh team dynamics more than 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 gunplay does some some people like to use the environment uh, a good way to do that is especially if you have a long range guy and you know he has a certain attack that swings around the corner you could run around when the guy comes around the corner you swing your your kind of like lance i forgot what the guy's name is i think he's one of the the ninjas or the samurais and you can swing across and and clip them and kind of wear them down, especially with those big ogre-looking fools with the with the shields, because those guys you can see they they telegraph that they're they're coming at you, and you can easily kind of block them or move out the way and keep your distance uh, with two of those guys. But uh, little little tactics like that people tend to use, and you can kind of wear down with a couple critical strikes, but like going head to head. Like if you get caught out with one stun lock, like you're done. Like oh you're yeah, done yeah the stun locks, tactical stun locks. Which yeah. I don't know <laughs> though. There's oof. like elements to it that that seem like they're supposed to keep you uh, uh, buffed up despite getting getting all this stun locked. Like uh, you can tap the R button to get revenge, quote unquote, if you're taking too much damage and see a friend go down. Uh, you you have these things that aren't necessarily kill streak rewards but just kind of build up and you can use to turn the tide as you uh survive and score points kind of like the mm-hmm. ultimates in in uh, yeah. overwatch but you have three of them they're not nearly as much of a game changer but they're like a quick health boost or 
or like a, a rallying aura that makes your bots fight better. Um, yeah, yeah. I, but also, it has game modes. Like, like me and my friends were playing these these one on one duels where it actually turned into two v twos, where we would have mm-hmm. a bot companion fighting against another human with a bot companion, and then when I joined in to make it three. The game still balanced around it by by putting enough bots in in this dual mode to uh, make sure everyone had the same amount of companions with them. And then we switched from that to the Titanfall style battles where there was these hordes of NPC soldiers who Mm. who were making it look like a really, really crowded match when it was really like a 4v4. You got like heroes running around this this pile of of useless peons that everyone's just slapping out of the way. I, yeah. I really like it. I I want to keep playing it. I'm probably going to want to request a review copy now. And uh, it oh. also is really exciting to see Ubisoft make good multiplayer games. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're I, taking a lot of cues from Siege, believe it or not. I I, I kind of I kind of really want a decent single player too. I, I just want to see what they could do with it to make it interesting. I would love to see some really cool AI fights. Um, man, it would be pretty pretty cool to see. Uh, if if not, like, fight, like fighting like the, a big, huge general from the samurai group as a knight or whatever crazy story they yeah. can got. Like, I don't care. Throw some stupid stuff off the wall. Well, like, I, don't, I would I love to it. see something like that. I Googled it real quick and it looks like they are going to be doing a campaign Yeah, yeah it's mode. a single player. I just hope it's good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, that's, that's actually the thing that interests me the most about the game. Like, I, I haven't really been keeping up with it, but when they said there is a single player mode that you can do some, you know, this sort of like, sieging a castle as the group of vikings or whatever yeah and like have like basically boss encounters with uh computer controlled heroes or what would be a a player class character but controlled by an ai i think that that's cool and i'm glad that they added that i think it's something that will uh stemmy the 60 dollars for a multiplayer game arguments so yeah I think that's a smart move on their part. Yeah, and it seems like uh, just doing like a bot match style campaign would work here because they have developed a bot AI for that dueling mode I was talking about. And you have tons of AI soldiers running around the map anyway. For Siege, they never really developed a bot AI for the, the player characters. There were terrorists. You could play terrorist hunt against AIs who had a completely different... Uh, I don't know, not necessarily move set since it was a first-person shooter, but they didn't have the... The gadget play going on that bots representing yeah, actual players to them and have yeah, yeah. And that's, that that's was the fanciest so they get stupid i ah uh, siege is I one of my favorite games ever off. but terrorist hunt mode is really bad in that one is really bad uh terrorist hunt mode in vegas 2 was really fun though yes it was terrorist and that's what i was going for except siege are pretty good yeah <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh, I played so many hours of Vegas too. So many hours. I, I remember that was like a, a staple, like you know, like a lot of people have like used to have like land parties and stuff. Yeah. Like at some of the places that I would go to with my friends, like who like live up in Fresno and stuff, like we would just gather around a single console and we'd swap controllers on a failed attempt and just everybody try and beat a terrorist hunt on one map on like the hardest difficulty or something. Yeah. And, and that was just a load of fun. Oh man. Kind of, kind of a bummer to hear that Siege's terrorist hunt is kind of shit. Yeah. Like, Cause you can't challenge those stupid suicide bombers. Like other than that, it's, it's great, right? Like it didn't suicide bomber just comes out of nowhere, jumping down a freaking, uh, ladder 
blowing up everyone in sight. Like it, it, it literally makes no sense. And people are gonna say, "Oh no, you do shoot the bomb off of them." I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear. <laughs> I was like just about <laughs> to do exactly you, that, including the tongue waggle. Yeah, I was gonna say, is is are you drowning the guy who's telling you that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm dousing him with oils so I can light him on fire. Okay, Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> sorry, it's just so infuriating. I hate infuri- yeah, I like it's. I just want regular gunplay. Make your AI smart enough. You shouldn't have to have these little stupid guys who just run up to you. This is not freaking serious, Sam. Okay. Yeah. If they made the AI smart enough in Siege, well, actually, they kind of. <laughs> If you do set it to the highest mode, you're basically up against aimbots, which is horrible because Siege has so much penetration going on that they'll mm. just aimbot you through walls. Wow. It's great. Damn. Uh, so, yeah, just just before we move on to the next topic, quick, quick, uh, quick, quick Siege uh, comparison quick. jokes. You actually unlock operators with Renown and For Honor. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, you uh, suppose, I suppose that makes sense. They want you to play the like yeah. I am the normal guy with a sword first before yeah. they let you mm-hmm. do some of the crazy. And then you unlock stuff. assassins and like like Lu Bu Bo staff guys who who spin mm. around on a staff doing all sorts of fancy stuff. There there's a lot more there than just like the basic sword and shield. There's yeah. um there's there's a lot of other different kinds of weapons that they've adjusted in there. I think I saw people actually shooting players shooting bows a couple times. It kind of reminds me of uh, how chivalry starts, where you just have the basic four dudes with their mm-hmm. like stock weapons, but then like if you get down the line with each of the each of the guys, like you can get um, you know heavy heavy crossbow for yeah. the for the uh, marksman or the like the like bludgeoning hammer for the the knight, where it's like you have no defense and it takes ten years to swing, but you kill pretty much anybody in one hit, like. The different play styles that you unlock as you go and get familiar with how the game works. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a good system too. personally. Which, yeah. which is good because uh, the the assassin is if you try to play the assassin like you play Babby's first For Honor character, you, you know, you, since you're not built for front facing combat, and that's kind of what the control scheme is is designed for. You're just going to get your ass kicked. Mm. But yeah, yeah, I'm really really excited about this i haven't been excited about actually that's not true i get excited about games every now and then these days and i think uh after coming off of of such high notes from siege it seems like they're really really hitting all the good notes with this one and uh i I guess the era of ubisoft games being good again might might be might be rising back because everyone doesn't like the sandbox tower climbs anymore what you mean is the era of ubisoft games not being ubisoft games anymore i wonder oh shit the next assassin's creed game is probably just going to be the same (laughs) as the previous assassin's creed games (laughs) now that i think about it and they're not going to let that franchise go i mean they just made a movie out of it i would play an assassin's creed kart racer and i I would play an assassin's creed uh uh, dance game speed People people love Assassin's Creed. I don't know. I, I got to see if I could get back into it. I used to love, love it. Love it. And then they Here's the thing, killed though. off a character that no one Here's cared about, only me. And then it just slowly became, they had Black Flag, which was great. And then after that, it just kind of kind of dwindled down. Here's the thing, though. It does, like, does it really matter if you've petered out from Assassin's Creed? Because no. can't you just enjoy like 
like the one of the copycat games that you really enjoyed and then like just devote your time to like finding a different better series yeah I mean, yeah, like, oh, this Assassin's Creed is good. It's good because it doesn't matter anymore because the story does not connect. And even okay, if you're really into Assassin's not. Creed, you got like what eight games to go through. Like, yeah, like I'm, you, I'm you'll be bothering. fine. You'll be fine. You you you, you can Don't stay busy. busy. I, I I I went through one, two, three. Oh, um, no. Revelation. I went. I, I played all of them. I played all of one, all of them until Black Flag, and then I stopped. I was like, that's it. I'm done. I'm absolutely done. <laughs> I have Black Flag on my on my to play list because the last that time I good. played Assassin's Creed was before before <laughs> Ubisoft became Ubiquitous Soft. I guess that's yeah, isn't that their name Ubiquitous Ubisoft Software. You play to play list. Yeah, before it became fucking Maps and Towers, the game. Yeah, Ubisoft uh, does stand for Ubiquitous Software. That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. That is hilarious. They, is that their not style funny? Certainly, is ubiquitous. I, I'm. I have the def. Ubiquitous. I'm just making sure I have the correct definition. Uh, pre- present, appearing, or found everywhere. Hilarious. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So my joke was just actually not a joke. They're actually ubiquitous software. But before last time I played it, Assassin's Creed was two, and that was before you know everybody was like, "Oh wow, Ubisoft just makes the same game." four times a year uh so i was still into it when when i last played and i just kind of haven't been interested since but i have to play black flag because i hear it is the best one yeah it's it's pretty good and it's pirates so like you know exactly you should have played it already you literally should have played it already like the the ship combat is great (laughs) you collect sea shanties in the game like what what more can a man ask for yeah but um have you uh, oh. tried the Half-Life 2 mod, Pirates, Vikings, and Knights 2? No, I haven't. It's uh, it's good fun. They have a very, very satisfying flintlock pistol. I love me a good satisfying flintlock pistol. Yeah. Let me tell you what. It's, uh, it's free. You should mm-hmm. give it a try someday. I'll tell you what. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll put Pirates, Vikings, and, and what? And Knights. And Knights 2? Yeah. I, I okay. don't know put that on my list. if or how the first one is. <laughs> But because I never heard of it, but I, I played this on and off for a good year back when I was like 17 going on 18 in high school and it was good, 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 clean fun. Um, Speaking of good, clean fun, um, I was playing Doom again. OK, <laughs> Doom is like surprisingly clean. Like this is one of the things that actually weirds me out about that game's art style is that the UAC base looks really clean a lot. Look, every, um, I was going to say like Zelda, sex but I decided to go with Doom. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Um, um, but uh, I, I played again. I I played it a bunch before moving because I was packing up my stuff. And after I packed up all my stuff, uh, my, me and my friend sat down. He popped it in. This is, you know, the game that we play. Uh, we always pick mm-hmm. one game and toss it in. We're like, all right, let's 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 give it a second try. And the second try started off real nice. You know, I think... You know, we, we, we it, it it the the levels felt nice. Uh, the of course the gameplay was always nice. You know, the the, the actual shooting um, and getting used to kind of that movement of dodging and bobbing and weaving, um, like you're playing mm-hmm. basketball or something. Like it has right. this very it has this flow to it. Um, <laughs> and um, then the levels kept going and going and going <laughs> and going. 
and you think you're done, but you're not. And you're five hours in after you've already played six hours last time. You're like, you're wondering, when is this game going to stop? Um, <laughs> and it just keeps going. And the levels are just just the same for me. Are you talking um, about the later hell levels? I, I went through the hell levels and then I, I we came back and I was like, Wait, I thought I thought that that, that was Wait, so you I haven't gone was back it. to hell again? I haven't went back to hell again, no. Oh yeah, we still got a ways to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I was just like, I don't care anymore. Me and him was just like, you know what? Maybe we'll call this one a loss. Well, I think <laughs> we actually the, do the... not feel like playing anymore. Be- it, it got a little a little rough. It, I think because one of the, the story is just like it, it's like story, stretched yeah, yeah. over a course of a I don't big know mistake they I feel like they made with the new Doom is they didn't keep the story beats going past that first hell portal. Uh, before then, there are a lot of like funny, self-aware moments of of them acknowledging how ridiculous Doom is, and then things kind of start to take themselves too seriously as it goes through the motions of you participating in the stuff. It was poking fun at earlier and uh like like compared to a good dumb action story is like one of my favorite things in the world that's why i love metal gear so much specifically metal gear revengeance is what i always love complaining at comparing doom to because that game has has like like almost as balls to the wall of a style as doom does and, mm-hmm. and how it embraces the cheese of its soundtrack and its action and and doom just really seems to to kind of like sigh and and grow into an old tired man at the end it's, it's, it's no longer slows, like slapping action figures together past hour 6 it slows down too much it slows down too much like why are there key cards in hell why are there <laughs> key cards in hell I mean, in the original I, game, I thought there when I go to hell, I'm just gonna go shooting everybody. But no, I had to collect yellow skulls and blue skulls and backtrack. What the hell? That unlock gates you saw at the beginning of the level that had some big power up spinning oh behind the gate that, that you don't want to forget about. Oh so, so God. every time you progress, you go back to check to see if that gate opened after you pressed the new switch. It killed the game. It killed the oh, game no. for me. It killed it. Like, don't tell Danny O'Dwyer. Yeah, yeah, I know. I like. <laughs> I, I made sure I held some of it back. I was like, he did do a series. That's right. Okay, let me not say all this other stuff. I just it it, it really just stretches on. If people just want to sit there and shoot things and over and over again, then this is the game for you. But if you're there to, I don't know. Like, if if that gets can get repetitive for you then you probably want to stay away from it because it just gets repetitive over and over again and you have to keep collecting keys and there's a lot of moments where you have to stop they even have trials where you have to shoot barrels a certain amount of barrels mm-hmm. in a certain amount of time like why 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 do i have these like why do i have to, any to get of this weapon stuff? unlocks to, to upgrade they, your your praetor suit they, they they should have squeezed all of that within an like maybe eight hour experience and just had this thing rolling. Yeah. Give you an over. upgrade shot between levels. Oh my God. It would have been great. It would have been great. I would have been like, Instead damn, that was a good ass game, but no, it's, it's long. It's just long. And 
no, it like you get your weapons slow and then you you get your the enemies they change after a couple levels every now and then you're like oh okay you just and keep I think going it's, it's and especially going. sad when you see uh when you compare it to Wolfenstein the New Order yeah yeah which was exactly. balls to the walls 90s action in a fun campy hilarious style and and I feel like that just accomplished it so much better than yeah. Doom because it had fun characters who changed and grew in a story whose stakes increased to in, in ever more urgent places. Doom guy, like they ch- seem so wishy washy about whether or not they want to make him a character. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other characters who you see aren't fun. Like, like remember the old lady? I forgot her name. But yeah. in every scene that she's in, she's just kind of like stroking her cheek and being like, Oh, this is probably who, not a like, good idea, but it's evil, so I'll cares? do it. Like, who cares about her? Like, it, they give no, like, why is she doing this? Like, I, I don't want to get through 10 hours of game before I know her her reasoning for, for wanting d- demon power. I, okay? I still remember Max Haas's story, his subplot in, in Wolfenstein The New Order, because it's amazing. And and you don't. I think that's a great example of a game where you don't have to sacrifice the the the, the bloodthirsty hyper violence for the sake of the story. Like like eighties action movies have shown that you can have like smart cerebral storytelling. I mean maybe more nineties, but whatever. Demolition Man, I think is is what what basically all action games should model their stories off of. Yeah. So that 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 was that was that was Doom. I'm probably not going to go back to it. I'm glad I didn't try to like review it back when it came out or whatever, because that would have oh, been a painful I did, and, experience. And I got, <laughs> I really got the fanboys uh, uh, mad at me on that one. Yeah, I, I, oof, it, oof, oof. It, it has nothing to do with me <laughs> expecting anything like that. That there's there's a certain level of that, you know, and Doom passed that. It, it really. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Oh man, Jimmy, you got to you got to give it a try. Got to waste go go waste eight hours of your life and see if you feel okay after eight hours, uh, Jimmy. Go 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 ahead and try it out. So you you know well, the, there's there's more than eight pain. hours in there. So it's probably more like oh, I, no, I, no, I know. Hour. But he, he I don't know if he will get to the eight hours though. Like okay. we'll we'll see we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> I, I want to give it a try eventually. I know it passed it passed me by pretty hard, but um. I'll do it once I get through Titanfall 2. <laughs> Which I, I think is another Titanfall good example again. of... I, I don't know, like, it's still not top-tier example of action game storytelling, but but way better than Doom. <laughs> yeah. I, Titanfall 2 had me smiling during a lot of it. And then I think Doom, I was smiling during the first 30 minutes. Yeah, and then after that, you're like, oh, oh, there's a key card here. Um, Okay. I, I guess I'll just uh, go find the the Argon Energy uh, subsidiary Emancipator. Oh, whereas let's go in the first thirty minutes, times. Doom Guy is angrily smashing yeah. the pseudoscience bullshit, being like, "No, you guys are idiots. Why are you making me do this?" Four times, and you're like, "Why am I doing this?" And then you you go into another level and you do it again for some other reason about collecting heater. I don't, I don't, I don't even care. I don't even care. Like I was like, "What? What am I doing here? What am I doing here?" Like, am I here to? Am I going somewhere? 
Am I trying to get like I don't understand what's happening? Am I trying to open the door? <laughs> like, I, uh, anyways, <laughs> anyways, I played a little bit of Zelda. I spent hours hacking the console because um, there was a way to stream uh, your gameplay using Zelda? your router. And I was like, oh, my God, I don't have to send my my 3DS to someone for them to, like, attach some beefy thing at the end of it. Um, oh, you're playing Ocarina of Time, right? Yeah, Ocarina of Time. Uh, yeah. Matt, there's like 20 Zeldas. I know. No, I'm not doing. I'm not. I don't do that anymore. I'm not doing series anymore. I just want to play Zelda. No, no. But we but but you just said I was playing Zelda and that's a very we didn't know what Zelda you were talking about. Oh, yeah, Ocarina of Time. Yeah, yeah I'll yeah, play yeah, Ocarina of yeah. Time. Like I, 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 people said I asked Twitter and people said 3DS version the, the, the was the ultimate video game. Yeah, it is the better version. Yeah, so I, I was like, okay, I'll play the 3DS version. Probably want to record some of it just in case I want to use some of that footage for Breath of the Wild, or if I like it a lot. I don't feel like making a video because everyone has made a video, and I've. I don't feel like just being part of the, the crowd or whatever like that. I don't, and if I don't Kazooie like music. something, people will attack me. Not that I really yeah. care about that, but like, uh, you know, but I just want to play it before Breath of the Wild because I think I might get that on Wii U and stick with the original plan uh, like uh, like Bunny said last time and just grab it in Japan. Um, yeah, I, I think I might just stick with the original oh. plan. And do it there because that which, that that would be cool to because to record that whole which, uh, how you would get one of those in Japan and stuff like that reminds um, me after we were questioning it on last week's podcast responses did come in uh, clarifying that the mm-hmm. the Nintendo Switch will not be region locked yeah great yeah yeah I remember the the press conference so as well we I was like Japanese oh sweet and that's where it came from and that when we had that talk I was like let's get three D was we'll get the Switch from uh. Yeah, from Japan. Yeah, I think Colin actually, was saying it too. Uh, yeah, that's um, that actually might work out for my timeline because I am slated to go to Japan with my wife in May. Uh, oh snap! That's really so close to us. That and that might be a good time for you know for the the switch to have its launch because I'm not planning on getting it on launch. I'm probably going to play Zelda on the Wii U. Yeah, but I'll like do the same. Like I can wait, see what this what comes out, especially in Japan. If there's you know Jap- uh, Japan exclusive games that are on the Switch, by then I can go over there and see you know what what's the deal, what's going on, and then by the time I get back, Splatoon Two will be coming out. Yeah, yeah, I I, I uh, for for uh, the, the difference between the Wii U and the Switch is like. It only depends if you're playing it on the TV with the Switch. And I guess if I'm playing on the TV with the Switch, I, it, it doesn't really change much, really. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I was thinking, of like, oh, I could just bring it to my job and play it with, you know, and, you know, play it there or whatever. Um, but since I'm going to be playing at home, I would have to play at home to get the benefits of the 90p compared to 720p of the wii u and some of the environmental sounds are different like i don't even get why that's a thing that people know really they changed yeah that's what the press says um i think it was ign was one of them or GameSpot. and i was like oh okay i i don't really care about the resolution because nintendo games look good in 720p they always have like Uh, that so 
Yeah. But yeah, I, it, Ocarina of Time is crap. Cool. I only you're played right. an hour of it, so. Uh, yes, yes, Ocarina of Time is cool. You're, you're right. So wait, you're and only so an hour in? I'm only you an hour. played up to where you got control of Link. <laughs> Woo! Uh no, Ooh. I I uh I got I got I I passed the D- Deku Deku tree Deku yeah. Deku. I, I, I was like, oh, they, I had in my mind it was Deku, but but I, I don't know. I've always said Deku Deku tree. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if that was like super uh, different. It's Deku or Deku. I don't think people really cared that much. It's not like Arceus. Yeah, I passed that and I'm in the main world and then I stopped there. And I was like, yeah, let me look over this footage. And the footage is not as good looking as I want it to be. But yeah, um, it sucks. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's it, uh, it's a little bit weird, even though I had like 100% quality at the whole time. But uh, yeah, so- um, um, that's cool. And I played Resident Evil 7. That's the game I'm going to play for this. Ooh. Yeah, that's the game I'm going to play. I haven't played a scary game in a while. And I thought I would do something a little bit different since people said that um, generally it wasn't um, trash, right? Don't so, spoil anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is going to be really hard to do because. Yeah. Because when you're talking you about horror demo. game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, what I, I, I mean, we already really, talked long enough really anyway. Um, so I would just say out of the hour and four minutes that I've played of it. Um, it is interesting. And, um, I would say if you're thinking that you know exactly what's going to happen, you know, um, I would say you might be wrong that, uh, it changes it up a little bit. You know, it's not quite the demo. Okay. Not quite. Oh, I'm going to save my girlfriend. So yeah, I'll just keep it at that. All right. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's 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 pretty interesting. I, w- I wanted to play with PSVR, but I was like, do I want to buy back my PS4 and buy a PSVR just to have just to know what it's like to, to, to you know, to use the PSVR while, you know, uh, in Resident Evil and have this experience uh, add to the yeah, review or whatever. I, I'm not going to play through it I until like, no. I have some kind of VR option available. Because after mm. the demo, I, I really just thought that I'd be doing the game a disservice if I played through it without the VR. And and also, mm. I... Uh, you have to wait a... Oh, no. Oh, you're not, I you're might just have get to wait PSVR. a year. I might... Oh end up getting a psvr they're still really expensive though or i might wait a year and, and get it on pc uh, not not now that they've sold out they're they're um, doing a nintendo they're not making a lot of them and so you have to buy them from from a lot of scalpers who upsell it from the lack of supply but high I demand i was looking at target target had some in the store it said limited stock. I don't know if Target is as good as some other places, but they 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 usually have been okay with their stuff. I I think there's if you're looking, I'm pretty sure there's a way to get one that's not uh, as limited. I mean, it's been out for a long time now. I mean, right? It's a few months now, a couple months. I think since yeah. October. So, yeah, yeah. It, it this should be a way to get one without scalpers. Um, but but not I easily. Also- but you know. Would want to wait on on price drops anyway. Yeah, yeah, I I, I definitely want to grab one. And I I thought I would said screw it and 
I I can see how it could add some to the experience. I was looking at some of the hacking to see if uh, if anyone put like a mod on there for the Oculus or the Vive, mm-hmm. but apparently they didn't even put in, which would be smart. Even um, you know any of the VR information into the PC version. So, uh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. so you can yeah, do a little tricky trick ready, ready with Vulpix. Yeah, but yeah, no, nothing. Nothing legit, and I rather not. I I don't like modding a game to make it look, you know, VR. Oh, I, love that I, shit. I want it actual oh, VR. So. Okay, uh, I thought you were just about to talk about mod. I mean, I was seeing some videos last night of people playing uh, GameCube games in a uh, version of Dolphin Emulator mm-hmm. built to run in VR, where your little VR controllers are are like blue and yellow, like GameCube controllers. <laughs> and some of them looked really cool. They figured out how to have a first-person camera on Mario Kart Double Dash in VR that that looks like it makes a lot of sense. Metroid Prime particularly looks like it makes a lot of sense in VR, especially with all the motion controls going on in Metroid Prime 3. And wow. I, I almost, like, I, I was really tempted to to, like, go ahead and buy a Dolphin Bar, get the Wiimotes out, and just uh, a do Metroid Prime bar? 2 in VR. Yeah, yeah, you can buy a uh, IR sensor bar for your PC. There's a company that makes them calling them Dolphin Bars specifically for... I mean, the idea is that it's for Wii emulation, but uh, you can use them for other applications as well. But they will mm-hmm. plug into Dolphin and basically let you use your Wiimotes on PC, which seem like they would make a lot of sense with a VR headset... Because Wiimotes are basically motion controllers. Yeah. So having a headset on, playing Metroid Prime 3, with a Wiimote in one hand and a nunchuck on the other, is like basically playing a made-for-VR game. One of the things that's really interesting about Metroid Prime is that the people who have been playing it in VR don't report a lot of motion sickness going on because Samus's HUD is so big and chunky that it gives you that static visual reference point when you're moving mm-hmm. around. Yeah. Yeah. So so this is just like when I was reading the PC gaming article about it and watching the YouTube video they embedded of it, like my mind was blown. I was like, holy crap. They 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 really reverse engineered this thing into a place that looks really, really elegant when when everything's all together. And there's so many like I haven't played Metroid Prime 2 and 3. I want to play through Resident Evil 7 and Metroid Prime 2 and 3 in VR now. Like I have three good high quality target campaign games that that aren't just mini games that that are first person shooters where you walk around with a stick ah it makes sense now i really like like the barriers are decaying i'm getting real close to, to taking this splurge <laughs> can someone like c- cut in how george used to talk about talk about vr like just just cut in in your mind, just do a flashback like Family Guy. Of George I mean, I think complaining. the thing is, is that I was always complaining about how the games had you stand in one place as a turret, and now developers are, are finally starting to uh, get away from that trap. Like, like Onwards is doing really well. RE7 is is a killer app on console side, and both of those games have you moving around with a stick. Well, I, I don't. I wouldn't say Onwards is doing very well, but they're. It's doing well in the, I would say, in a percentage of the VR community, which is the 
pretty small at the moment, I would say. Yeah, I was surprised we were even able to matchmake so easily when we were. Oh, yeah. yeah, There's people on there all the time that that there's people are all the time. I mean, but there's only like 10 lobbies, you know, so, you know, you you got a good 100 people playing all the time, which is good. I mean, that means like thousands of players, right? In theory, play, um, play every week or so. So entire thousands, probably, probably more than Titanfall 2. Oh, probably more than. uh, Did it drop off again? God, I can't. More than Battleborn. Game's name Battleborn. That's the one. Battlefront. Battle right. Battlefield. Battleborn. Man, I I when I played that game, I was like, yeah, this is just gonna fall into obscurity, and then no one's gonna talk about it again. (laughs) Um, (laughs) speaking of obscurity. Uh, I didn't really play anything this week. Well, I played something, and I was going to talk about it, but then the embargo date on the game is actually on the 13th, so I can't really talk about it. Uh, but it's a little indie game called Semispheres, and it's a puzzle game. And I'll let you know how it is next week. Did you just break the embargo? <laughs> no, it's you can't you can't not talk about the game existing. Oh. It's just they don't want you putting up like review videos or shit before the 13th. Mm. So, uh. um. But I also got a key for an early access game called Factorio. Oh, you guys yeah, have heard of this? yeah, totally. Factorio is uh, really, really well liked, if if I remember correctly. Yeah, um, my brother-in-law actually showed it to me, and I was watching him play a little bit. And uh, it's, yeah, it's like, you know, kind of like a sandbox open world Minecrafty where you have to, like, gather resources and build shit. But the whole point is to automate your resource gathering and like so like you want to make like automatic claws that dig up patches of ore that go on conveyor belts that go into machines that (laughs) smelt the ore and then it sends the ore smelted into another machine that uses it for research and like the more automated it gets like the more efficient you're being at reaching the end goal that's nice and And subversive yeah it's 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 interesting i'm i'm looking forward to giving it a go how, uh, how do you spell that? Night. Because what I can't find it anywhere. It's factory, but instead of a Y, it ends in IO. So factorio. Oh, factorio. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Now I can find it. So yeah, it's uh, I haven't gotten a chance to boot it up. I wanted to play it this morning, but I got some work to do before I jumped on the cast. So. I'll come back with Semispheres and Factorio stuff next week. Uh, but Damn. Factorio, from what I've seen played, it, it looks pretty neat. And apparently there's like combat in it and like aliens try and fuck up your your automation and shit. So. Oh, it's like a. So yeah. A little, little, little clay graphics there going on. See a little, oh. little, little clayness. Also, I don't know if I'm going to get a key for this. There's a game that recently came out in Early Access as well called The Last Leviathan. Whoa. Um, and it's like, you guys remember Besiege? Um, yeah, where yeah. you build catapults. Yeah, you build, like, fucking siege engines out of, like, pieces. It was, like, simplified Gary's mod in, like, a weird medieval setting where you have to, like, kill all the knights and you make a machine that just runs them all over or something. <laughs> a giant, um, giant dick machine. Yeah, so Last Leviathan is, like, 
it's like a Viking pirate game where you basically build your ship like that and you have to go it's single player and you go and you like fight other ships and large sea monsters and I put in I put in a request for a code for that but what intrigued me about it is it has early access tiers where it's not just like buy the game but there's like you could purchase a tier that like lets you name an in-game upgrade or create an in-game character with a ship with backstory or <laughs> stuff like that. And it just fascinated me that they had those options up for it. So I, I'm looking into it. I want to see if the game is any good. So I didn't play anything, but I'll let you know next week if I did. We'll hold you to yeah. it. Yeah, this looks pretty, pretty neat. I like good water yeah. graphics. <laughs> I can never oh, yeah. get away from that. <laughs> Like, oh man, that game that game's water is good looking. Have you seen that post where it's a picture of this Nintendo account's Miiverse posts and they're all just like playing different games and commenting on the water graphics? <laughs> no. Yeah. It's like a it's like six or seven posts of him just being like, like, pretty cool game. Love the water. Yep. Like and just like different phrases every time. It's funny. <laughs> Um, I, uh, am doing that near auto tomato research. I got my, my friend Colin's PlayStation triple and I'm playing through mm-hmm. near on it and near is, uh, not really super great game No, so far, but the thing is, is that it's supposed to be kind of like those, um, Kind of, like, kind of like a Planescape Torment situation, where the game itself was was really hamstrung by the budgets and conditions that it came out with, but the implications of the story ended up developing this crazy cult community who, like, worship it. But I've played six hours of it, specifically because I'm doing all the optional side quests. And what we've got going on here is a JRPG Zelda kind of setup, where you have a peaceful village that your character starts out in, and they uh they they run around town doing fetch quests for people and and uh go on a wacky adventure involving a, a cute girl you're trying to save because she's sick and you got to travel the lands getting getting the ingredients for the cure right all very like basic tropey stuff and I just was really expecting it to be a lot less tropey because the way people talk about near they talk about it like it's a incredibly weird postmodern art house trip they talk about it in the same way people talk about metal gear solid 2 but at the same time metal gear solid 2 like also kind of sets itself up as a bait and switch you just kind of get bait and switched like like 30 minutes in rather than six hours in and i think i just now got to the part where things are starting to get weird i just uh would would have appreciated it if it happened faster i guess I don't know. There was a giant boss monster who telepathically communicated to one of the companion characters saying that the giant boss was her grandma. And she was like, oh, okay, I guess that means I don't have to fight. And then, wait, no, I'm going to fight you and kill you. And uh, and then they... they wow, you're really spoiling this uh, the story was, I, I, I'm just very at the very, very beginning. I, I've been talking to friends about it who are trying to get me into it, and they're like, oh, no, that should have happened four hours in, and it's because I'm doing the, the side quests. Grandma boss. <laughs> yeah, I think that is the that is one of the inherent problems of making a, a, a game that has a fairly open uh, direction in the story where you can go you know, through the story or you can go on a bunch of side quests is that just... There's how do you pace? How do you make pacing work if you just let people go wherever the fuck they want? 
Yeah. And, and I mean, the funny thing is, is that the side quests don't really seem uh, significant. They, 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 they seem like really tropey, basic fetch quest stuff. The lady at the item shop is like, I'm running low on tulip seeds. Can you buy me tulip seeds? You go to another city where they sell tulip seeds, bring it back. And she says, thanks. And that's the whole thing. There, or there's no in twists. the real world, in the real world, you say, no, you're the business owner. Mm hmm. You Manage your fucking business, tulips. lady. If it was The Witcher 3, you would have found some clues with your Witcher senses in her stall, revealing that she was actually a Doppler all along, leading you to find the original shop owner locked up in the Doppler shop owner's basement, having to make a decision who's a better person, the, yep. the Doppler pretending to be the shop owner, or the shop owner who might have, like, killed their daughter and ate them or something. I, I love but, when stuff but, like that happens. Yeah, in this game, it's just uh, so far a lot of fetch quests in in, in cute towns with catchy music. Yeah. But but apparently it gets weird. I am I am at the edge of my seat, anticipating things to go off the deep end soon. But good weird, not like weird weird. You know you don't you don't want you don't want to have like a peace walker on your hands there. Right. I mean, I hope not. It looks like this game might also be setting... It looks, it looks like it has a side quest for it. it. It looks like it has side quest. It looks like there might be some grinding I'm going to have to do, which will like, like fold into similar let it die complaints where I don't want to be playing a game like a depressed, soulless accountant making fucking shipping runs for this bizarre-ass <laughs> game logic that it has going on. I've, like, seen some people <laughs> responding to my video about Let It Die, like, trying to argue, no, you just need to get good, posting, like, gifs in response of people abusing the fuck out of the steel axe and, and the, the invisibility mushrooms and the swoozy shrooms that turn all the fights into one-hit kills, like, that's okay, too. Like, no, that's what I'm complaining about. The only way to get good at Let It Die is, is to completely they, they, they overpower yourself to an absurd degree yeah they didn't, they didn't watch no video no no i think they did i think they just uh have bad taste in video games <laughs> <laughs> well anyways speaking of having bad, bad taste, taste in video, video games, games <laughs> <laughs> us three will be back right after the break to bring you all your favorite news and hot oh just three of them news. this time we're, we're gonna go through news uh, I, fast We'll bring you a couple news. But this the is bush. this is more of a chit chat cast. The bush, George. <laughs> and we're back. Ho. So, if you uh haven't had enough of hearing me talk about siege i i will have you know that a siege topic came up in the news this week <laughs> nice sick so uh when they were demoing the new season's content uh pc gamer got an interview in with uh xavier marquise who is the lead dev of rainbow six siege and uh alexander remy who is the brand director saying that over the coming years they plan on hitting a minimum of 50 operators in the game at mm. the expense of never adding any more game modes. That's interesting. Wow, yes. that's one heck of a balance and uh -huh. a heck of a pay paywall 
I it's guess. Not a, I, well, I mean, maybe for new players, it will kind of. Yeah. Yeah, for new players, that's definitely going to feel like a paywall. Oh, are, are the operators aren't just uh, no. added in as as updates? No. Um, if you buy you the season pass, you you get them unlocked straight away. But if right, you but don't, yeah. you kind of got to grind for about eight to ten hours to unlock each one. They release uh, eight of them per year. So grinding for 80 to 100 hours over the course of a whole year isn't that bad to me unless you imagine what it's like getting in there at year four when mm-hmm. when they have 40 operators in addition to the 10 original ones right who are gonna be eight to ten hour grinds each unless they make older season operators much much more cheaper unlocks that's gonna be rough yeah balance, you know, balance is also sounds like something that might be kind of rough although the way they explain it it sounds elegant like there is some some uh appreciation for strategic game design with their decision here and i uh i don't know like league seems to be doing fairly well with uh their strategy of pumping out hundreds upon hundreds of heroes over over the decade heroes heroes sorry i mean here, here's the thing I'm looking at some of the comments that you noted down in bullet points, like from from Remy saying, looking at MOBAs, those games have 80 to 100 characters and it still works. And <laughs> that's not true. That's not true. It doesn't work because the competitive seasons are geared around anywhere from 10 to maybe 15 heroes or champions in those games. Like it works at the most baseline entry level standpoint but even then that side is skewed to a different 20 heroes who are you know they're they're pub stomp characters where they're not viable and competitive but for people who don't know how to play they're incredibly hard to counter because you don't have the basic skills of the game having 80 to 100 characters in a MOBA is not necessarily a thing that works it just appears to work because those games aren't dying Mm -hmm. that makes Um, me worried yeah, that's. I was gonna say this doesn't seem like a good strategy. I mean, money making wise, I guess, but like, even then, I guess I, I came from League and I played League. You know, I had to collective like yeah. three or four different seasons of it. Yeah, and it <sighs> balancing any more than a handful of characters is a difficult task, and every one that you add, I think, exponentially makes it more difficult to balance the the group as a whole. I mean, if you look at Overwatch right now, uh, with what twenty three characters, which seems like a lot to me, even. What which seems like a lot, but in comparison to MOBAs, like he said, like most MOBAs do have upwards of fifty characters. Like uh, Overwatch isn't balanced even remotely for competitive play. It's the it's practically a champion or a hero pool of eight. Or maybe even less. And also, and the metagame is completely stale at top level play because there's an optimal strategy. And also with Siege, where where you have guns that are supposedly supposed to obey some sort of rules of of real life gunplay, um, mm-hmm. you can very easily create situations where an incredibly slight imbalance in just one of these operators' guns will all of a sudden make them insanely overpowered. Which happened with the very first rollout of DLC operators they were giving out. There was a character named uh, Frost who had an incredibly overpowered shotgun at first. They mm-hmm. they nerfed it, but it took like a week of 
having that out there kind of making the game a little a little less fair to Mm -hmm. to have them learn that mistake and also the other thing that i was a real big fan of of siege during the first few months is how elegant it was um it right now i mean maybe not necessarily right now but during the first uh eight months it was a game where every single operator had design aspects to them that seemed intended to counter specific other kinds of operators and what uh remy explains here that seems like like it makes me kind of want to give give him some hope is uh that he's coming to it from the perspective that having more operators more, more choice of an operator will give players more strategic depth to the game he gives thermite as an example thermite for a long time was not a choice everyone had to pick him in a team because he was the only one who could breach into a reinforced wall the idea is if you're playing on the defense you're going to be reinforcing your walls so an attacking team without a thermite on them will naturally be at a disadvantage and objectively be at a disadvantage just having right. a thermite was a necessity there was no question to it and then they added yeah. a character named habana who also could blow up reinforced walls and now you have a situation where thermite and habana combo is op as shit <laughs> and uh introducing more operators that can tear down those reinforced walls uh would be nice strategic depth but also trying to create balance of that where where now the the defense is is very underpowered if if there's so many more new holes that the operators can open up on their walls then having a new operator a third one three operators on a team of five who are specifically engineered to tear down reinforced walls which is the only hard cover defenses have guaranteed to them then then that really skews things out of perspective to the point where I think you'd almost need to be like categorizing operators by their gadgets and and then limiting mm-hmm. the the team's choice like uh no more than than two intel tools per team no more than than two breachers and then right, and then have but... one wild card who who can't be either but can have a pick of either of the car either operator neither of those categories as as number 5 I mean, like, which is another rule the, to juggle around Ugh. the the elegant solution. The one that I think is like, I, I mean, you know, in my opinion, the best solution is if you have classes like this that are problematic because you can just stack them and they're overpowered. They need to have sincerely large downsides that make for. Yeah, make for them to be. Uh, a decision for you to choose not a, a guarantee like you know this these people who can do like thermite and such that can blow through reinforced walls should be gimped in some way to where like I, I don't know if there's if you have to explain it in like you know realistic terms like like oh because they're carrying the, these explosives that are high powered to get through these walls and stuff they have to sacrifice the ability to have a high powered rifle that could shoot through regular walls at all so they only have like you know a a basic like hand pistol or something that would really really so make the, them right now right so like i'm not saying that's the option because i've never played siege but they have to be nerfed in a way to where they still do the thing that that people pick them for but also it comes with a severe disadvantage so like they try. you're sacrificing something to get that ability as opposed to it's just better. The thing going on right now is that Thermite and Habana have slightly lower health than the other operators. So they are gimped in a way. The thing that almost nullifies that whole concept are the one-shot one, he- one shot kill headshots. 
And that's right. actually an aspect of the game I like. I think it's a grand equalizer that makes all the classes, no matter who you're picking, still equally viable. Because as long as you're like spraying in the right direction and one of your bullets happens to land on their heads, you're going to get the kill. And right. since the time to kill is so fast, that means that having uh, low health versus high health characters isn't so much of an issue when it's a situation where as soon as you start taking shots, you're going to either die or live neither one of the others. Right. So, yeah. I mean, you can, yeah, that's the thing is like that is an attempt at that solution. But it, like you said, because of, of fast kill time, it doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. Whereas gimping them in another way that makes them still the same amount of useful when blowing the walls open, but less useful in open combat or something, for example. Which, uh, which they do well with thermite. His gun has a very low rate of fire. So spraying... Spraying that gun at bad guys isn't going to work as well as with the other character named Habana. I guess right. she's she's actually probably I don't know if she, I can say she's more <laughs> useful than Thermite, but she does seem more fun to play, I think. Because she's a little more viable in combat and has a tool that can blow through those walls. She kind of just can blow less surface area than Thermite can. Speaking of blowing. Wait, uh, what? Feel the wind in your hair in Roller Coaster Tycoon. <laughs> Rest in peace. <laughs> oh, boy. So, so I don't know. I mean, I thought like Jimmy would think this one's interesting. We have a oh yeah, uh, no. I I actually when you guys were talking about For Honor, I was kind of perusing this article. Uh, found it very interesting. I just like hit a tooth with a coffee cup. Oh God. Anyways, yeah. There's a uh, <laughs> neat little interview up with Chris Sawyer on GameStop, GameSpot talking about the new Roller Coaster Tycoon mobile port. Uh, it's you know not breaking news so much as it's interesting little tidbits on why it's taking why it has taken so long for them to make like a solid mobile version of roller coaster tycoon yeah part of the reason is apparently he's been working on uh transport tycoon this whole time i did not know that i i thought also for those of you who are uninitiated chris sawyer is the uh original creator of roller coaster roller coaster tycoon one two He's the guy who made the series. Since then, he has been working with a company called Origin 8 on Transport Tycoon. I thought Transport Tycoon was a fan project designed in the style with some assets borrowed from Chris Sawyer Games. I didn't know he was actually involved. So that's that's really surprising. He I wasn't aware that he was still developing things. Yeah. So. Yeah. He, he got this team, Origin 8, to make the new port of Roller Coaster Tycoon with him. So it's actually a completely different team, uh, still published under the Atari banner, but a totally different project than all the other current Roller Coaster Tycoon <laughs> projects. Which uh, to be fair, uh, he also has I don't words think for. that at least Roller Coaster Tycoon One. I don't think there was a team per se. I'm pretty sure it was just Chris Sawyer by himself on the first one. Oh, that would have been so crazy. I mean, it would be or really it, interesting if it was a to team, verify. It was very small. Yeah, because yeah, that I, game has I might good be wrong on that. Don't quote art me. and good sound. It has little music cues every now and then. But it's a really good fucking game. Super duper solid laser focused design that would make mm. sense if it was just one See, person. 
and you know what's interesting is like learning that he he uh, played a part in the development of the Roller Coaster Tycoon Classic Bubbleport. Now it makes much more sense to me why there was things such as uh, balancing certain rides or the the loan system in the game to make it more important and less of a throwaway thing. Uh, because it's from the guy who made the games originally. Like, I'm sure he would have heard all that feedback forever of like, oh yeah, go-karts are OP as shit and they're like just stupidly good. Yeah. And go-karts I, th- I feel are like nerfed a little bit in the mobile thing, which is good because you shouldn't have a, just a win state when you just research go-karts and be like, all right, I don't have to play the game anymore and just make go-karts for the rest of my life. Also, um, he knew very, very early on he didn't want to have microtransactions in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think Roller Coaster Tycoon Classic is like a super good example of, of how to sell a cell phone game. Like just report a uh, 15 year old PC game, sell it for seven bucks and then sell the expansions for seven bucks each. And not only that, but um, the wording that he uses when discussing uh, the, the expansions that you can buy for for classic it's it's very specific. Let me see if I can find exactly where. Because the base package you get kind it. of is a mix of the expansions already. It it's a mix of things from one and two, minus a lot of like the the Six Flags stuff and like the bigger, um, more eye catching things. But it is a lot. It's ninety five scenarios. Yeah. Okay. Here's the line. Ooh. Um, he says, we have in-app purchases in Rollercoaster Tycoon Classic, but they are purely to purchase expansion packs for those who find that 95 parks just aren't enough. That wording <laughs> tells me that, like, there was a focus on making sure that there was plenty to offer just from the get-go. And he, that's him being like, look, there's a fuck ton here already. The fact that we made more stuff purchasable is for the crazy people who are going to play literally everything. Which makes like, sense. I, don't, I mean, they make yeah. uh, most of their money from from whales, and I think the profit margin would technically be higher on those $7 expansion sales because you are getting less content than the $7 vanilla game when you buy the expansion. Yeah, so it was very interesting. Interesting read. Uh, if you go on GameSpot, you can find the article... It's called Roller Coaster Tycoon Creator on New Bubble Game and Franchise's Legacy. Uh, they also asked asked him about Roller Coaster Tycoon World, which is interesting because like uh, Classic was released under Atari and so is World. So <laughs> asking the developer of Classic to speak on what is essentially a failed game in World is uh, in... <laughs> pretty pretty interesting. He he speaks at length. He doesn't really address it directly right. he's still but he technically working for atari so he can't just yeah. trash it instead he says it's heartening to see that every update is bringing the game closer to what it should be yeah it's definitely like a, a subtle jab like a subtle like yeah it's not that good but i'm not going to tell you it's not that good <laughs> um i i just found this super interesting though because i roller coaster tycoon from way back and this I was really happy about the port. And now it's more obvious to me why the port was fucking good. It's because the guy who made the game worked on it. Yeah, it's so, really one of the most like uplifting bits of news coming out of the mobile gaming scene right now. So speaking of uh, little design quirks manifesting into grandiose mm-hmm. changes, um, we got some interesting insight on the Battle.net forums this week about Blizzard's official stance on console players on Overwatch using mouse and keyboard. They uh, 
would be open to the concept if console manufacturers made it open and easily accessible to use a mouse and keyboard for all players. And they the reason they do not is is because it's a little more closed across all platforms, whether or not they support it. It's it's oftentimes happening on a per game basis. I don't know of any PS4 first person shooters off the top of my head that support it, but last gen I think the one console fps that i do remember supporting it was the ps3 version of unreal tournament 3 which Mm. also had mod support believe it or not but uh that uh, the launch version of that game was kind of bad uh about half a year later they released unreal tournament 3 black which was fine but that game didn't really hit the player base it would have needed to make trends like that normal with overwatch what they're saying is that uh they, they officially object to the use of mouse and keyboard on console, but they have contacted both first-party console manufacturers and expressed our concern about the use of mouse and keyboard and input conversion devices. They have lobbied and will continue to lobby for first-party pers- first console manufacturers to either disallow mouse and keyboard input entirely or openly and easily support mouse and keyboard for all players. Mm-hmm. Which mm. makes sense when you look at the balance changes they, they do in Overwatch. The console versions have different little balance tweaks compared to the pc versions to make yeah uh, like like slower stationary characters a little more a little more buffed and faster speedier characters a little more nerfed that are hard to harder to counter with a controller versus a mouse yeah um i i we were talking about this a little bit in during the break off podcast but um i was saying that back when overwatch launched uh one of the biggest things on console was how completely broken torbjorn was <laughs> uh the the ability to counter him with a controller was just seemingly much more difficult than it was on pc for a lot of people you know whether you have your genjis or your snipers or whatever that yeah. are typically the ones who take out torbjorn or your flankers like a uh, tracer but because of the controller setup people had so much problems with it that uh the game balance just forked from there where the pc version was balanced in a certain way and the console versions were balanced in a completely different way um so having having people with access to mouse and keyboard on console totally undermines the balance changes and i'm i'm sure that people playing with that have an undeniable edge which sucks for other people playing console who just want to play casually and are getting bodied by people who are kind of subverting the system i don't really know how big of a problem it is though i remember last gen there was a company that made some some conversion devices that got mouse and keyboard working on xbox 360 but Ultimately, when you do directly try to translate that kind of first-person analog stick movement to a mouse, it doesn't really capture in the same way as it would as a native PC game, because it's still trying to to compensate for there being a dead zone that you snap back into when you release the Switch. And uh, I, I I don't know. Have you heard of people using mouse and keyboard somehow on the console version of Overwatch? I don't. I think I know maybe two people who play it on consoles, so I don't know yeah anyways <laughs> two people uh, no seriously i i can the, i i think uh nate wants to battle plays overwatch on console and maybe maybe his girlfriend morgan <laughs> those would be the two people <laughs> yeah i know I, one person. I don't yeah uh, everybody that i know plays it on pc so it's very hard for me to speak to this issue however i do believe that it is kind of bullshit that people can use mouse and keyboard through like 
yeah these I've seen conversion it. devices that are kind of subverting what the system places the one person and, oh sorry i was gonna say i was reading through this this overwatch this battle that uh, thread and one of the people of course there's always that fucking guy who's like like oh well if it's such a big problem just get a mouse and keyboard yourself no fuck you that's not how it works and and the reason why they're saying is that most people won't go through the trouble to set that up most people just want to come home and play their game that's it they don't want to set up nothing they don't want to do any of that extra stuff it's not the reason why they got a console scary because because it's like vr has to be idiot proof before it can really catch on yeah Mm. That's that's something that may never happen. Uh, you just put just put it on and it works. Uh, no, Microsoft like is trying to it do just it. works. Yeah, just works. I, I, in just Skyrim, works. you are always an overpowered bastard, no matter how you play. <laughs> uh, See that mouse and, and that's keyboard? Why many off people like it. Idiot proof. You can walk to that. The one person I know in real life who plays <laughs> Overwatch on a console likes David Cage games. Mm. every time i hear david cage i just have negative flashbacks to that e3 that i played beyond two souls and i didn't give negative feedback to the guy who asked for feedback even though the whole time i was like this game sucks (laughs) at least it had a lot of polygons i uh, i (laughs) that's how you gauge it oh i mean the more polygons you have the more emotions you have it very true very from true. a man himself and he likes he likes he likes the emotions i i enjoy the, those the games short for what hair they are. i don't know if i ever emotions. pay money for them i always rent them <laughs> i always rent them uh go to Redbox, um and i i just rent them real quick and that's pretty much it for me i think it was blockbuster that i rent uh i rented heavy rain bloodbuster yeah blood bloodbuster blood Forgot about Blockbuster. Yeah, man. They, they were still around back, you know, a few, few years ago. <laughs> we had them very close to our house. I used to rent shit from there all the time. Yeah. We rented Ocarina of Time like six times from them, and the manager was just like, you paid for the game by now. Just take it. Those were better days. <laughs> Simpler times. Yeah. Before the recession. Thanks, Netflix. Thanks. Thanks for <laughs> killing the video game rental market, Netflix. They, they literally killed it. They, many people lost their jobs. That they love. Um, Are we going to segue with speaking of losing their jobs? <laughs> Facebook is uh, pulling hundreds of Oculus VR pop-up demo stations from Best Buy. Matt, I think you actually have some experience with these things. I think I remember you talking about going to a Best Buy. I was. And I was just like, they're not going to have the touch controllers? Then why the hell am I going? So don't you want to look through the cool thing and see things and not be able to do anything? Right. I like if they were going to just put a controller in my hand and say here, like I've already done that already. I've already done. I've been to, I've been to conventions and stuff like that. I don't need yeah, an hour long demo of you putting a controller in my hand. Now, if you had the touch controllers, now that. That would have gotten me to go, but it, they didn't. So I, I canceled it. I was like, forget it. Um, so re- reading through the logistics of this reminds me of what it was like doing that experimental VR arcade in Tokyo. Uh, basically, the idea is that the time it took an employee 
to demo this incredibly expensive $500 to $600 headset was a lot more time it would have taken for them to upsell a customer on a $500 to $6 cell phone. Or a TV. Um, yeah. T- yeah, there's basically a much, much more simpler devices that they could sell for the same amount of money in less time than it takes to to used car salesmen up the merits of, of, of a VR headset. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, ultimately they they decided they weren't selling things with these demo stations. Uh, I don't know. Should we be scared? No, no. I it's it specifically states that it drastically decreased after holiday season, which makes sense. Nobody's buying shit in January. It's why YouTube ad revenue takes through the floor. People make half the money that they do in December. That's in January. That's why you should because, buy George socks. Yeah. It's because no one's fucking buying anything, so it doesn't surprise me that in January nobody was demoing the Oculus. In addition to the fact that I wouldn't demo an Oculus in a Best Buy anyway, because I'm not getting fucking pink eye. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that was one of... Like, I... Oh, sorry. I'd rather demo it at a con because I feel like there are people that are hired to sit there at the con and wipe the thing off and have a thing of disinfectant right there. Whereas at Best Buy, it's just like... Hi, guy behind the counter. Can I put this thing that's been on everyone's face on my face? And he's like, "Yeah, whatever. I don't fucking care." Every meetup I go to, they they always like wipe wipe the lenses and everything off the just, vibe uh, of the Oculus. Yeah. Issues of cleanliness and uh, and and theft and damages, and most importantly, staffing have have hurt the concept of VR adapting well to like public facing retail businesses. Cause uh, at that VR arcade in Tokyo, you kind of had to have, have a staffer walk you through the whole process and mm. at any other arcade in Tokyo, there were just like six people in, in the whole building, just kind of sitting behind the counter. Uh, I don't know what they did. I mean, sometimes some people would walk up to them holding a card Sometimes they'd go up to one of the machines and fix something that's broke, which I think is amazing. But uh, it's basically a lot less work to do versus a VR arcade. Anyways. Yep. Uh, well, we're trying not to be scared about VR. Um, I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to be anything. I, I, I really want it to catch on. It's going to catch on. Just give it time. It's like a, you got to... Let that let that fire grow. You know, you got to give it some time. You can't just sit there and pour a bunch of, you know, firing liquid all over it and and <laughs> and hope that it just bursts into flames. Okay, got to let it slowly catch. This reminds me. Don't try to put out your kitchen fires with water, kids. Mm-mm. That just creates a lot of really hot steam that is hot enough to catch other things on fire. Oh, next time I come over your house, I expect to see some black stains. Shh. Oh shit. I just remembered something. What's that? I'm going to I'm going to the fucking Zelda escape room tomorrow. What? 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 Yeah, I completely forgot. I was like looking at the podcast time and seeing how long we were recording and how like I was like, oh, yeah, I have to edit this tonight. Why do I have to edit this tonight and not tomorrow? Oh, yeah. Um, So there's a Zelda escape room that's like scrap touring. 
I guess it's San, going to different cities. Oh yeah, it looks like all West Coast. What? Yeah, <sighs> well, West Coast. Aside from okay, New okay, York, explain, Chicago. explain. What what are you talking about? Uh, apparently, there's a Zelda escape room, and TVG was asked to be part of it, and I think I'm going there tomorrow. I'm gonna try and make like a vlog video. I know we're not allowed to film inside, but. We're allowed to film like at the place before we actually now, do the escape room. Let's say, and apparently there's a Switch demo afterwards, so I'm going to play the Switch tomorrow. For those who don't know, <gasps> oh, uh, the the minority of users who who may not be in the know, the, you know, the people who are who are the real the real morons in the what's an escape room? I I I, I, uh, <laughs> I please I literally don't know half of the words coming uh, out right now. Okay, so an escape room. Have you ever played those old flash games called Escape the Room? Yeah. Where you like find really obscurely hidden like keys or buttons and shit, and you have to like puzzle your way out of a room. Yeah, yeah. Think of that, but in real life. That sounds expensive. Uh, I mean, it's it's essentially like a like a haunted house or like an attraction similar to that, um, where people go through in waves. And they have to work together to do their thing. Do you have a time limit, uh, which is why I assume this is you know it looks like a pop up thing because it's touring around the U.S. But um. It's apparently Zelda themed and it's escape room and it's going to be, I think like four of us are going in to do it together. So I've never done an escape room before, but I've always fucking wanted to. And this one's Zelda themed, okay. so I'm like super hyped about so it. So the wow. closest it's going to be to us is in New York on May 4th to May 7th. Oh my Shit. God. Damn yeah, it. we're going to miss it. Uh, let's see. They're in Chicago. Well, let's just move to L.A. It's real expensive. It is really expensive. Seattle actually would be a better option. Well, well I mean, I want to. I want to go. They, to they aren't going to Seattle. What are we going to do yeah, when yeah. we move to Seattle yeah, and find yeah, out that the Zelda Room Escape won't be in our our, our city? Yeah, that'll be the whole reason why we, you know, picked up and dropped everything and moved over there away from our family. And so we can see well, the Zelda said, room. Let's move to Los Angeles and it's only going to be here for a month. So Damn, it's you have more time. <laughs> okay. I guess anyway. for a one time thing, $43 isn't too bad. Okay. You get 60 minutes. You can bring a group of up to six with you. Please arrive at least 15 minutes before your scheduled start time. Uh, if you're late, they're, they're going to kick you out. I'm going on strike. Okay. Mm. I want to be flown out. I want to be yeah, flown maybe, out. Maybe by, we can get press passes. Flown out and be oh. a part of this. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm dude. Gonna, I'm let's uh, let's send them some emails. Yeah. <laughs> so I... I'll let you guys know how the Zelda escape room is oh. next week. Oh, just disregard. Okay. Well, anyways, guys. Uh, you guys aren't fucking flying out tomorrow. <laughs> Let me send them an we'll, email. Maybe we'll, we can arrange something. Yeah, yeah. Arrange something, dude. Get it done. Yeah, we'll get it done. Well, um, you could find you could find me at youtube.com slash no escape room. <laughs> Um, wow! Where you will see no I'm actually, videos I'm gonna go because there right now. I won't be going. No escape. <laughs>
No, not found. It's not a. It's not a page. I can't find you here. Well, that's because there'll be no videos on that YouTube channel. Oh. Wait, you just posted a new video, and it's really good, by the way. I bet uh, you're a, you're a, you're a cute boy. Um. Ooh, thank you. And, thank you, and you should uh, you should tell the listeners about it. Oh, on my video, I posted a God, little. <laughs> I was a video of end of 2016 and trying to get back into the groove off of some some crazy stuff that was happening in 2016 and it's a very enjoyable video slightly documentary slightly vloggy slightly real life real stuff all smashed into one um and uh yeah it's uh i like it i like it so go check it out on youtube.com slash no escape room um, aka uh, Matt Visual. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's where you actually find a video. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, 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 you can find my YouTube channel at youtubecom gamer and my Twitter, where you'll probably see everything that I do, based you know whatever it is at SunderCR. Um. Hey. That's all I got, George. Um, I'm youtube.com slash buddyhopshow. Uh, I hope tomorrow morning uh, to uh, have up a video about the Oculus Zenimax trial. I uh, got to interview the Polygon reporter who was in the courtroom to see it happen. That was fun. Whoa. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I completely forgot the games I mentioned earlier. I'm going to try and get some, some straight up review videos up. What? So... Factorio and Semispheres. I'm going to be Ooh. talking about those on my channel. That Factorio one's probably, probably going to do well. People really love that game. Good. Well, I hope I have good things to say about it, and I hope it's not <laughs> shit, and that I don't disappoint a bunch of people. <laughs> oh, that's how I feel going into Near. Oh God! Like, what if good I luck. end up not liking Near? Like, like my credibility. I already don't like Let It Die, so or, or Doom. So you know, I'm really on the shit list. Yeah. Oh, welcome to it. Hey, man. If anything, big big YouTubers have made an entire living off of being the person that hates having demonstrably good games. Having shit so. taste in video games. <laughs> yep. We could name hey. a few right now. Uh oh! Look at that! But thanks to our musical guest. Uh, our our musical guest just walked in the house. I can't believe but, that it's um. Okay, hang on. I can't believe that it's Neil Ciciriga again. Oh my god! Oh, thanks yeah, for coming sure, back, I guess Neil. Yes, it is. Hey, Neil. 